Welcome to the Encouragement Cafe with Luann and Friends, where the conversation is always hot and fresh. Comfort food for your soul is always on the menu, and friends are close enough to hug. Pull up a chair. We've been waiting just for you. Welcome to Encouragement Cafe. I'm Luann Prater. And I'm Rachel Olson. And you know, girls love to talk. And as a matter of fact, Rachel, there is some research that says girls talk about three or four times more than guys do in a regular day. Now, I don't know. I guess that's true because I know you and I could sit and and chat away the day forever, couldn't we? Yeah, I think we have a time or two. (laughs) (laughs) But here's the thing. Uh, We love to talk and we love to encourage. And I just had someone yesterday say, Luann, I just love hanging out with you because it doesn't matter what we talk about. You always try to build me up and encourage me in whatever whatever I'm facing at that moment. And I love that we are Encouragement Cafe and we gather around this table. But you know what, Rachel? There are so many times that it's easy for us to encourage others, yet we are the one that is the toughest uh, to communicate that same encouragement to. We don't tell ourselves those encouraging statements. Oh, sure. Yeah, we can have more grace and compassion for others um, because we love them, right? And they just made a mistake, but we're much harsher on ourselves. We're, you know, we didn't make a mistake. We're just a, you know, dim-witted nincompoop, right? (laughs) (laughs) You know, yeah. Isn't it funny how those terms stay with you through the years? Yes. And we do. We are very hard on ourselves, when we mess up and and sometimes it's not even something that we messed up maybe it's just something that we forgot something that we failed to get done and i don't know about you rachel but there are most days that i have more on my to-do list than i could possibly humanly get done but i will focus on the things that did not get accomplished instead of you know, giving myself a way to go girl on the things that I did get done. I want to talk about that today because, you know, there are so many times when we as encouraging women, and I think most of us fall in that category, we like to encourage and be the cheerleader for others. We have a very difficult time being that same cheerleader for ourselves. You know, Jesus spoke what's um, become very well known across the world and often called the golden rule. You know, he said, do unto others as you would have them do unto you. In other words, if you would take care of yourself, then take care of others. If you would provide for yourself, then also provide for others. Um, So do unto others as you would have them do unto you. But that can be flipped around. And we can also say, you know, hey, be as good of a friend to yourself as you are to your friends, you know? Mm. Uh, Do unto yourself as you would do for someone else. So, you know, it, it runs both ways. And sometimes, yes, we are kinder or more 
more patient or more giving or forgiving with someone else than we are with ourselves. And I think for us to really operate, for that golden rule to really operate, there has to be a measure of self-love um, and, and self-encouragement for us to, to be able to um, live that out. You know, I think that the book that really reminds me of that over and over is Philippians. When it's talking, it says, think about these things, think about the good things in in chapter four. And it's not saying, think about the good things so you can share that with others. No, he's very clear to point out that, no, we, you, Rachel, you, Luann, you girls that are sitting around this encouragement cafe table, if you train your brain to think about the good things that were accomplished today, if you think about the lovely way that you handled something, if you think about the, the pure things and the excellent things that you have gotten accomplished, then there's no room to beat yourself up for the things that you didn't do. You know, I'm sure you've heard this uh, said before, as I have, that it's almost like we need um, to hear five more positive things to every negative thing that we hear or think, right? I don't know if you've heard that, that it takes like five statements of encouragement to erase one um, negative uh, statement that we hear because we have that tendency to fixate on the negative. And so, goodness gracious, if that's if that's the case, you know, and I've, I've heard that, um, you know, talked about for years, if that's the case, we need to spend a whole lot of time thinking on what is good and noble and lovely and praiseworthy, right? Just to, just to sort of counterbalance the occasional negative thing. Absolutely. And I know that it's so easy uh, to, to fall into that trap and say, oh, why was I so hard on my child? Why did I say that at work today? Why did I? And we can get in a down, downward spiral in a hurry when we start thinking about the negative things. You and I, Rachel, have fallen into that trap before, but we have some friends who really struggle with not being kind to themselves and they allow their negatives to absolutely take them down into the pit of despair. And so today I want to just point out some things from Philippians 4 that can really help us to do the things we're talking about, to talk to yourself like you would a friend. Let me tell you about this fascinating research, Lou. Um, research suggests that this psychological strategy called self-distancing can help us better control our thoughts and our feelings and our behaviors. Um, and, and the way, one of the main ways that we do this sort of self-distancing is to talk to ourselves, and we all do self-talk all the time. Um, talk to yourself in the third person. Call yourself by your name as if you were talking to a friend. So I might say, hey, Lou, you know, chin up. It's going to be okay. God's got this. I should say the same things to myself. Hey, Rachel chin up, girl. God's got this. It's going to be okay. So this is what's interesting. Talking to yourself, um, calling yourself by name gives you that sort of mental distance that helps you better face temptation and helps you 
think about or process negative experiences without getting stuck in that downward spiral of negative thinking. Isn't that interesting? That's very interesting. I I would love to hear your thoughts on how we can set about doing that. Because, Rachel, it's so easy for us to slip into the mode of, uh, I'm not good enough. And and I've said it before, I will never be enough. And you know what? We won't ever be enough because God is what completes us. Jesus is the one that makes us complete. But in our everyday life, we have a tendency to uh, just slip into that pattern. So what you're really saying is we need to create this new pattern, this new way of thinking. Yes. Okay. So you and I have done a lot of public speaking, right? Churches around the country. You know how stressful that can get, right? It's um, uh, a number one fear of people is public speaking. And I teach public speaking at the local university. So I always share this research with my public speaking students. This is fascinating to me. Um, Researchers from three different universities collaborated on a series of seven different studies to see how much of an impact talking to yourself like a friend or calling yourself by name during your self-talk would have on your ability to rise to the occasion when the pressure's on, like when giving a speech, okay? So they took all these students, and they were all told they had to give a speech on why they are qualified for their dream job. They were only given a few minutes to prepare for the speech. They were not allowed to use any notes, and the speech would be given in front of a panel of experts who would judge them. On their on their speech, oh, and they were going to be videotaped as well. So um, no pressure, no, no pressure, right? Exactly. <laughs> um, so uh, so they're only given five minutes to prepare. Um, but then they were told at the end of that five minutes, they were they were told we're give, we're going to give you an additional couple of minutes to prepare yourself mentally. So they gave uh, half the group one set of instructions for that and the other half another. The first group was told to um, think about their upcoming speech and and, um, use the first person pronoun, I and my, as much as possible as they tried to mentally psych themselves up. I'm going to do great. I can can do this. My speech is going to go well. All right. The second group, uh, they were told, okay, you have a few minutes. I want you to mentally psych yourself up um, for for giving the speech. And when you do, um, I want you to use your own name uh, as you, you know, Rachel, you you got this. Rachel, your speech is going to go well. All right. That's the only difference they gave um, for the two groups. Then they're led into the room where the judges are waiting. They each give their speeches. When Immediately after giving their speech, they're assured into another room where they take a short survey that's designed to measure the level of shame or pride they are feeling um, and their general mood immediately after giving that speech. And I bet you can guess what the results were. Um, I bet. Yes. Really fascinating. The people who had spoken to themselves um, using their own name as if they were talking to a friend performed much better on their speeches, according to the panel of judges, um, who had no idea who was in what group. They just sort of graded the speeches. And the self-report feelings, you know, immediately after the speech, those who had talked to themselves 
calling themselves by name, reported feeling a lot better about how their speech went, a lot more confident and a lot more at ease. Whereas those who had just, you know, kind of done the way we always do and not talked to themselves like a friend, they came out of the speech feeling like they did poorly, you know, feeling low self-esteem, kind of beating themselves up for not having done a better job. I don't know about you, but so many times when someone compliments me, I'm like, oh, it was not that big a deal. I, I mean, that's just, you know, that was nothing. Well, to me, it was nothing. But to someone else, it really meant a lot. And we don't see it with the same value as someone else does or as God sees it. So I think that in Philippians 4, God is really saying, no, I want you to just slow down Take a good hard look at the things that you've already done in your life that have been, you know, noble. And I want you to think about those things. Perhaps the calling yourself by name as if you were addressing another person, perhaps that that psychological distancing is what enables us to receive it. Um, You know, you were saying, I have a hard time receiving a compliment, you know? I I downplay that. Uh, Maybe that's how this whole, you know, call yourself by your name, talk to yourself like a friend, maybe that's how that works, is because it does feel too awkward unless we can sort of come outside ourselves and speak back to ourselves. Does that make sense? It makes perfect sense. And, you know, in Philippians 4, 9, then... Paul's saying, so put it into practice. So he's saying, yeah, I get it. It doesn't come easy for you to think about those things and to, and to place yourself in that receiving role of saying good things to yourself and remembering the good stuff. It, it doesn't come easy. It doesn't come naturally. So you have to put it into practice. And Rachel, you and I both know we have kids, and when they were on a team— or at any sport or anything they ever tried, whether it was gymnastics or whatever, if they didn't practice, they didn't get better. And so he's telling us, look, I know it doesn't feel natural to talk to yourself. And you might even think you're a little cray-cray when you start doing that. But I want to encourage you to think about whatever's lovely, all those things that you did right, girlfriend. Think about those things. Right. Encourage encourage yourself. Be a Barnabas to yourself. Be an encourager. So let me give you an example from that study, from the students who had to give the speech and had to do self-talk before the speech. Um, Some of them wrote down their self-talk. And so I'll give you an example. So in the first group, um, somebody who who was not instructed to, to talk to themselves like a friend, this is what they wrote. I'm afraid that I won't get a job if I mess up during an interview. So I'm super nervous about this speech. I always mess up in some way. I never know what to say. And I always get incredibly nervous. I end up in some sort of feedback loop of nervousness, which causes bad interviewing, which causes nervousness. Even if I got a job, I think I would still be afraid of interviews. That's what one person wrote. The person in the second group who was told to talk to yourself like a friend, this is what they wrote. You worry too much about what other people think. You need to focus on what needs to be done and what you can do to execute it. The simple fact that other people will be around, Leslie, doesn't change what you need to do. Just focus and you'll be fine. Isn't that interesting how 
it changed what you know what the person was saying. It changed the whole tone um, uh, of what they were thinking. So I think this is a fascinating thing to try. You know, to begin to to journal. Um, uh, you know, pull out a journal and write to yourself as you would a friend. I love that concept. And one of the things that I noticed from your first example is the word always. She was saying, I always do this. I always do that. And the fact is she doesn't, I'm sure, always do. None of us always do anything. But we have a tendency to expand in our mind whatever we're thinking about, whether it be good or bad. And she, thinking about the, the negative things that she had done, let it expand into sometime, from sometimes to always. So by, by taking her name and saying it back to herself, Luann, you sometimes do this, but you have the ability to make this happen. And by using that name, all of a sudden, I am thinking about it as if you, Rachel, were saying it to me, or if God was saying it to me instead of me saying it to me. Here's what Philippians also says, that if we put this stuff into practice, and if we if we think about the things that are praiseworthy. And we get in the practice of doing that and and telling ourselves, oh, remember that time when you told the truth and everybody else was lying? Remember that time when you stood up for what was right and everybody else backed away? Do you remember that time when you were being pure of thought, when everybody else was watching that movie, you walked out? Remember that time when you were so lovely in the way you handled that situation with grace. Remember those times. You know, I can't think of a single time I have ever told one of my friends, girl, you're just not good enough. (laughs) Girl, girl, you always mess up. (laughs) You know, we're just... Uh, You know, it would be like, okay, this didn't work out like you wanted it to, but lots of things have worked out well for you. You know, get up and let's try again. Let's find another way. Or, uh, girl, you don't always mess up. All of us mess up occasionally. You got this. Try again. You know, it's like we we would never say the things to to others that we say to ourselves. So, um, so yeah, I think that's a great challenge to begin to practice thinking about and saying to ourselves, noticing about ourselves, what is noble and praiseworthy and excellent. And I think perhaps what can help us do that um, is to speak to ourselves like a friend, um, kind of get that mental distance and, and talk to ourselves by name as, as God would, you know. I love your suggestion of actually getting a journal and writing it out because it's so easy to... Uh, or for me it is, it's so easy for me to say, oh yeah, there was that one time when you did that, and then I will start remembering all the other times that I didn't do that. And pretty soon I'm right back in the same little cycle. But something about putting pen in my hand and writing it on paper and saying, okay, God, help me to focus on this lesson that you're trying to teach me right here. Okay, I'm going to take 
Philippians 4, and I'm going to say, okay, what are some lovely things that I've done? What were some noble things that I've done? And I want to get in the habit, Lord, of practicing remembering those things. And then go back and read that to yourself using your name. Hey, Luann, you are noble because I want you to remember this, what happened that time. And you read through the notes that you just made. And I think there's something powerful in that because then you aren't trusting your memory to remember all of those things. It's right there in black and white. And you can then say it with confidence because you know it's true. Yeah, and so the key is to use your name as you're writing in your journal um, or use the pronoun you rather than the pronoun I. If you find yourself using I, um, we're doing it wrong, right? right. Erase, erase, scratch out, and, <laughs> and again, begin to speak to yourself like a friend. We all are looking for the close friendships that will encourage us along the way. But there is no one that loves us anymore, that cheers us anymore than our Heavenly Father. And so when we don't receive the, the cheering and the encouragement that we need from our family or friends or coworkers, we know that we can go to God's Word like we just did today and say, Lord, I want to learn how to do this thing with you. And so if we look at that passage and we say, okay, God is cheering me on and he's encouraging me to talk to myself as a friend, then it doesn't feel quite as weird. You know, if we look at God as our heavenly father, but also our biggest cheerleader, our biggest supporter, our biggest friend in life, when all the rest of the world will let you down and maybe not give you the encouragement you need. He is there to always point you to what is right, what is noble, what is lovely. Absolutely. You know, I think one of the um, verses that I remember studying through the um, Old Testament is when, you know, God says to Abraham, you know, basically, hey, I'm your friend. I'm the God who comes to you like a friend. Um, and, you know, there's a lot of, we were talking about sort of this mental distance. Uh, there's a lot of mental distance between us and God when we think of ourselves and then we think of, oh, the majesty of God. But what I love is God shrinks that distance and says, no, no, I'm right here with you all the time, just like your closest friend. I'm so glad that you hung out with us today around the Encouragement Cafe table, and so much so that we have a special gift for you this week. If you want to send a donation of any amount, we're going to send you one of our coloring book devotionals that will really guide you through some good self-talk, some things that will remind you that God is your friend, and that he's got this, and that you are amazing. And if you want to be part of that, just contact Encouragement Cafe and send your donation this week, a gift of any amount, and we will send you 
your coloring book devotional from Encouragement Cafe. And may the God of hope give you the courage to encourage others. We'll see you back here next week. Thanks for joining us today at Encouragement Cafe with Luann and Friends, where women gather, friends laugh, and hearts mend. Let's continue our conversation. Hop online when you get a chance to sit down and breathe at encouragementcafe.com. Remember, this is God's ministry, so we ask for your prayers as we reach out to women in Jesus' name. We'll see you back here next week where we fill you up one cup at a time. Encouragement Cafe would like to send you our coloring book devotional for a gift of any amount. Find out how to get your copy at encouragementcafe.com.